We implemented the uh, the mobile app right away as soon as we rolled out in August um, of 2019. The uh, One Card VIP. We at the same time rolled out the mobile app, and uh, people took to it. You know, they they um, they they use it to put money on their card. Uh, we have it as part of our onboarding process for new students, where they need to submit their photo for the card using the mobile app. So. Um, the, the people have been using it to see their balances. Um, it's been it's been well well accepted at Redeemer for sure. Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. In today's episode, I'm talking with Lynn Molker, Director of Information Technology at Redeemer University in Hamilton, Ontario. We'll be discussing the digital transformation initiative that has set Redeemer University well on its way to being a contactless campus. Thanks for joining me today, Len. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Heather. You know, it seems like it's been a decade now, but actually it was just last year that we chatted about your digital transformation initiatives called Reaching Higher. Can you provide the highlights of that phase approach? Yeah, I sure can. Um, in the latter part of 2018 is when we started the rather large Reaching Higher project at Redeemer. It consisted actually of six phases. Uh, and in fact, we're, we're not quite done the last phase, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, the first phase, we looked at replacing our current P POS system, mm -hmm. and we ended up going with uh, OneCard VIP for that particular solution. Uh, we went with the cloud version, with the Desfire technology, and we successfully rolled that out in August of 2019. Great. In the second phase, we were looking at replacing our portal. So we did that. We ended up with a solution called Campus by a company called Ucrew, which hails out of Australia. We successfully rolled that out in the, oh, spring of 2020. While we were implementing the portal, we wanted and we asked them to be able to connect with TouchNet. And in fact, they ended up becoming a TouchNet ready partner uh, so that when a user logs into the portal, they can see through a widget their balances on their one card accounts. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Then we also, uh, for another phase, we looked at bringing in uh, e-commerce. We didn't have really a good e-commerce solution at all at Redeemer. We didn't do any online uh, stores or anything like that. So we did an RFP and we ended up getting um, payment center from TouchNet yeah. so that students could pay their fees online. And secondly, we ended up with marketplace use stores. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more maybe later on about this, the use stores that we've done. But we were pretty excited about having that, uh, that e-commerce uh, capability through TouchNet as well. Another phase, we wanted to bring in communication tools. We really didn't have any. We just did all of our communicating through Gmail. And so we, again, looked for a solution. But thankfully, um, Ucruz campus had communication features in it. Pretty good ones. Um, and so uh, to the point where it looked sort of like social media that students are quite familiar with. And so thankfully we could, uh, we could stick with the, the campus product for all of our communication needs. Nice. 
In another phase, we brought in um, Aleutian's ethos environment. Uh, that's a, a data lake environment we put in successfully. We were also looking at rolling out ethos analytics, another tool from Aleutian to let us do analytics, but we found out that uh, when we looked at our data, it was a little dirty. <laughs> so, so we ended up uh, knowing that we needed to scrub our data sure. before we can roll out Aleutian um, analytics. So we're, we've got a project on the books to first look at our data, scrub it, clean it up, and then we'll roll out the uh, analytics function as well. And then finally, um, we wanted to look for a BPM, a workflow solution. We, we recognize that we have just a ton of manual processes that really could be automated with online forms and online approvals and that kind of thing. And we ended up going with, um, with uh, Ethos Workflow which is another Aleutian product. Mm -hmm. So in our last phase, we ended up looking for a BPM tool and we did an RFP and we decided on going with Ethos Workflow. Uh, that, that tool lets us take manual processes and automate them. And uh, because of COVID, we ended up um, having to delay that phase a little bit because of resourcing issues. And so we're now just in the process of finalizing the implementation with the hopes of building some automated processes later on this summer. Wow, that's great. And that's quite a plan. And honestly, starting in 2018, you accomplished all those phases. I know you still have one uh, remaining, but really in record time. So congratulations, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Heather. It was a lot of work. We really ran pretty hard. And in the end, you're right. We had most of our phases in by before the COVID time period, which is pretty exciting. That is, you know, we, we've heard from a lot of other institutions, especially those that had technology implementations or initiatives like you already underway prior to COVID, that that technology is what really gave them the foundation that they needed to continue supporting students and their staff during the pandemic. So you kind of had good timing there. Um, did you find the same since you were already, you know, kind of well into your reaching higher plan? We did, Heather, very much so, in fact. The... The drivers behind our Reaching Higher project, we had five of them. Um, one is we wanted to give internal and external stakeholders a better perception of our, uh, our, our environment, of what our applications look like. We wanted newer looking applications and so on. Um, we also wanted to provide more function to our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Um, and we wanted to support our students, whether that's from the, from the day they came on campus to the, to the time they graduated. Uh, we wanted to introduce efficiencies and accuracies. We, we found we had too many um, applications that were siloed. They just were all by themselves. And, and so we were looking for solutions that were integrated or could integrate together. Um, and that's why we brought in the BPM solution as well in order to um, to make our manual processes more efficient. And finally, we wanted um, solutions that would make what we had before reaching higher more reliable. We needed an environment where our enterprise applications were reliable. So we ended up um, getting some fairly fundamentally um, strong um, applications in our portfolio. Yeah. Uh, You'll notice that most of them actually were, in fact, I think all of them are cloud solutions. 
which um, which is pretty pretty good for us because not only did it allow us to um, provide reliable environments, but also it helped us with regards to support. Sure. Um, what we've also found with with going with TouchNet is that we now had a very strong foundation for going touchless. And in the time of in this period of, of COVID, we needed to have touchless solutions for the students and faculty and staff while they were uh, on campus or not on campus. And so um, we have found that uh, with the Desfire technology, especially, um, and with the ability to to create stores online, that uh, TouchNet has been a strong partner with us to allow us to use those features. So, and on top of that, we're we're Looking forward to building on that foundation this summer with vending, laundry, parking. Um, we're, we're pretty excited about all those things that we can do in, uh, in the, the COVID world, if you will. Yeah, that you know that's great. And I know one of the contactless technologies that you actually implemented during all of this was order ahead. And so can you talk about the different use cases that you found for this so far? Sure can. That that was timely for us. You know, we we needed a means to to um, to start exploiting the the mobile app, and this was one of them. Um, we we actually have planned three order ahead applications, and ironically, because of the lockdowns with COVID, we haven't been able to use any of them. Right. But the the one that was uh, that's kind of the coolest is a bike share program. We call it where um, we have a a number of bikes that are available for the students, faculty, and staff to borrow. Oh. Um, so they can, they can do that using the Order Ahead app. They can pick, uh, pick the size of the bike, and along with the bike, they get a helmet and a lock, and they can borrow it for any, any length of time that they need it. Wow. So that's a pretty cool app. It, we haven't used it yet because it's, we're in lockdown, but the plan is to begin using it in September. Okay. Um, secondly, we have at Redeemer, we have a grocery store. We call it the market, where... Um, students primarily, um, but also faculty and staff can buy groceries. Um, right now, they, they go in there, and or before COVID, they would go in there and they would use their uh, grocery one-card account to, uh, to buy groceries. But because of COVID, we were limiting the number of folks that could go into the market. And so we built in order ahead 10-minute uh, time slots that they could reserve to go into the market and, um, and buy the groceries. And thirdly, this is what one that we've just started with the intent to have it ready by September is we have a cafeteria we call it Refresh. And that is one where we plan on having the menu and so on in order ahead so that faculty, staff, students can, um, can order their meals up front and pick them up when, when it's scheduled. So we're pretty Pretty excited about using Order Ahead in, in those ways and perhaps more. Yeah, that's so cool to hear the different ways. I know when we first, you know, rolled out Order Ahead, it was really, you know, more the thought process around ordering your food ahead. And you see that in restaurants now. And I know that that's where, you know, some of our campuses were thinking. But the, the bike share, especially in the market, that is just really cool uh, of the different use cases. And I know that you're also looking at how to go contactless in other areas around campus. So can you expand on that a little bit? Sure can. And, and that's, that, that's because we find that with the, um, with the, the cards that we have and, and the, the abilities that TouchNet has, we certainly have a foundational uh, product in which we can build things. Um, I'll start with you stores. We've already built a number of stores. I know that's not sort of contactless, 
but it does allow people to order things online that they couldn't before. We have we have the library, a library store where they can pay their fines and so on. We have an athletic store where they can pay for memberships. We have uh, a number of stores for campus services, locker rentals, for example. Um, we're, we're going to be adding a parking store where one can buy parking permits. And I'll talk about that later on as well. Um, and we're really looking forward to um, to other used stores as as the need arises. Um, but as well, we've we've used and, and are using touchless the Desfire technology in a number of ways. At Redeemer, uh, you had we, we have a fairly community centered school. And every Wednesday prior to COVID, we would all get together uh, and, have, and have a communal meal together. And in order for that to work, we simply had a point of sale device by the entranceway and students would line up and simply tap their card as they got in and that would uh, decrement uh, value on their, an account on their card. Mm -hmm. And that's how they would go into our communal uh, uh, meal time. It works out really, really well. We also, built in a, an access through the one card where all someone wants to use the athletics facilities is simply tap their card and they walk in and on the point of sale device that's by the uh the reader they could see who it is that's tapped in and just to make sure that they are indeed a member um we're we're planning on um adding tap or physical access to doorways we, right now we have a pilot uh, going for one of our uh, apartment buildings, our dorm apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. um, at Redeemer, most of our students actually live in, in townhouses on campus. And so our intention is to add physical access, the ability to use the one card to physically get into their dorms as well, using the access function within one card VIP. Uh, we're also planning on using um, the, the one card for access to parking lots. I'll talk about that later on as well. Um, we're, we're thinking this summer working with vendors for laundry as well as for vending to use one card in those uh, those types of uh, scenarios. And um, and finally, we're also using one card touchless with our printers so that you can log into your printers using PaperCut um, with the Desfire technology. So we've got it all over the place. You <laughs> really do. And, and I actually really like the way that you thought about your online storefronts really as another way of doing contactless or touchless that maybe before you would have had to be in person and there would have been certain transactions. But if you can get that all done ahead of time and then just come pick up your book or or uh, you go pick up the parking, I definitely see that still as being part of the kind of strategy of, of going contactless, you know, campus wide. So that that is really cool. And I know that you have some new construction going on as well. And so what you know, better time to think ahead about how to incorporate a contactless experience. So you want to talk a little bit about your new construction? For sure. We're excited about that a lot, Heather. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll poke a little bit up at the parking gate project. There's really two-part projects. This is the smaller one of the two. But uh, we're actually pretty excited about adding parking gates to our various parking lots. Um, and, and that's gone very well. We have a pilot uh, parking gate going on as we speak. Um, but with parking gates, we plan to uh, allow the use of the, the one card with the Desfire reader um, so that it uh, and using the, the access technology and one card VIP to um, allow people who have 
the one card to um, open and close gates. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. That's that's happening this summer as well, with the intent to have four gates ready by uh, October-ish timeframe. Okay. The bigger project that we have is, for lack of a better term, a multi-purpose building that we're building on campus. It's a, a really big project for us where on the in the basement, we have classrooms, but on the second and third floor, we have dorms for our students. Mm. It's moving along very well, but when it's all fit, said and done and finished, it'll be a fairly modern um, building for our students with a lot of TouchNet features in it. We're, we plan on having um, access to the dorms using um, the card. We plan on having them being able to use the card in the laundry and the vending machines there and the copiers. So we're really in a strong way using uh, the one card access uh, in that building. But the neat thing about it as well is that when the students aren't on campus, which is normally we don't offer uh, courses in the summer, then we're going to, the idea is that we're going to treat that building as a hotel almost okay. where yeah, where, where guests can come, whether that's for personal reasons or whether it's for an event or a conference where they want to use the classrooms for meeting rooms. But we're going to give guests a, a one card. And so that one card will give them access to their room like you would in many hotels. Right. But it'll also give them access to uh, designated parking lots. It will give them the ability to do uh, laundry and, and uh, use a vending machines. We have the ability to put money on that card if we wanted to, or, and we're encouraging them to do it, is that they, they could use the, the, the app, the mobile app, to right. put money on the cards themselves. And they could use it throughout the campus, in the library, right. in, the, in the athletics area. So our, our hope is that when we have these guests, they can, uh, they can use the one card throughout the campus. Um, so we're really, we're really excited about that. That is really cool and really defines when you call it a one card, <laughs> what that means that you can do everything from getting into your room to go into laundry to getting food and bring it all into one centralized location. And that, that's really cool. Yeah, we think it's we, we're excited, like I said, about it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, and really even the hotel concept, because I think we're all looking at buildings and space differently now, right? As we're having more folks remote and, and having the empty space and how do you really, you know, make use out of it? So I think that the hoteling concept is really uh, unique and cool. And we'll probably see a lot more campuses starting to go that route as well. And really, this is just practical applications for this new normal that we that we all live in now. So but I'm just curious, how is all of this managed, especially uh, when we talk about using uh, the one card outside of your staff and students like you normally do? Yeah, uh, great question. Our, our one card, the business owner for our one card systems is Campus Services. Campus Services is primarily responsible for managing all of the one card accounts. Okay. And that's for either faculty, staff, students, or it's for um, outside members as well, outside folks, even the guests. So they're the ones that are doing all the data entry, if you will, and so on. Uh, we have Colleague as our Aleutian uh, ERP SIS system at Redeemer. Mm -hmm. So for faculty, staff, and students, when we data enter, 
um, and onboard uh, students, for example, at the beginning of every semester, then we simply export that information from Colleague and then we import it into uh, TouchNet OneCard in order to set up our various accounts. So it's a bit of a manual process, but it's not hard because it's, it's all batch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they manage. They also manage the, the, uh, the access rules around who's going to be, um, who uses a dorm, who can't get into which dorm where, and, and uh, they'll even be accessing or updating the, um, the rules around parking lots, which parking lot someone can use and which they can't. So they're, they're the, the, the biggest folks, and they're busy. We ended up opening up a, um, a one-card office okay. at Redeemer because it's, uh, it's going to be a, uh, really a kind of a full-time administration of the one-card environment. Um, what, what we needed to, what, the challenge we had was that we use Active Directory um, for our security for our, our faculty, staff, and students. Right. And we did, not, we did not want to put external members and guests into colleague or Active Directory. Makes sense. But, yeah, but because it would be too many people to manage. And so thankfully, we, we, we found that TouchNet allows for what we call a dual access. So when someone's using the mobile app, for example, uh, if it's a faculty, staff, or student, they can use their AD credentials to get in. Mm-hmm. But if it's your, uh, if you're a, a um, you know, a guest or or a library member or an athletics member from the community, you can just log in with your um, TouchNet credentials, and it works fine. And so um, uh, that's been a, a big bonus for us in that we can we can allow multiple types of users uh, into our into our one card environment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too, because like you said, the, the last thing you want to do is muddy up all that student data or staff data with this kind of hoteling experience, especially if they're just there for a week or if you're doing a camp, you know, for the summer. Um, you want to be able to easily purge those members who don't need to have all the access uh, on that. So that was really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Now, I know you mentioned earlier, too, that, you know, Redeemer really has this very unique on-campus experience and this really kind of communal culture, um, but that didn't work so well during COVID. So how did you maintain, you know, really that deep engagement and keep your students connected to the campus while still, stay, you know, staying socially distanced? Yeah, that's, that was challenging, uh, Heather. Uh... You know, ensuring that the, the kids were, were always socially distant and so on. Um, the last summer, the, the, the first summer of COVID, we ended up um, actually putting a, a lot of new AV technology in our classrooms so that we could have a, a dual learning environment. So we gave the students the option in September, yeah, to, um, to either stay on campus and, and learn that way, or they could stay at home and learn that way. So we allowed for a blended kind of a, a teaching environment, but the the solution we had sort of allowed the student who wasn't on campus to feel like he was in the classroom. Mm-hmm. He or she was already in the classroom because they could see their classmates, they could see the professor. Um, so they sort of already, when they're in class because of our AV technology, felt like they were part of the group anyway. For, for those who were on campus, we had a rule and that rule was that their dorm was their bubble. Okay. So, so in their t- each each townhouse has eight around eight people in it, and that was their bubble. And they were told to stay within their bubble, mm-hmm. and those are the folks they could 
um, enjoy life with, if you will, and uh, either inside or, or outside of their dorm. As well, um, when they were in the main building in classrooms, we had kept them six feet apart, but yet uh, with plexiglass so that students could still see each other and talk. Um, every, every Wednesday, we actually have a chapel, and we still had that chapel in our auditorium, but we just limited it to the number of folks, uh, a, a limited certain number of kids could be in chapel at one time. We added technology in the chapel so that uh, we could have live sessions, so those who couldn't be in the room could still see it anyway. Mm -hmm. So we, we allowed them to feel part of it there. Um, we also introduced uh, some technology um, using uh, TouchNet in our uh, cafeteria where if students needed to use the cafeteria to either get food or to take their own food in, they would simply tap, um, tap their, their card on a reader and it recorded who was in the, in the uh, cafeteria at the time. And we did that for a couple of reasons. One was um, for contact tracing, just in case something uh, did show up, we at least have a record of who was in and out of the cafeteria. Um, but also it allowed us to manage the number of folks that were in there right. so that it wasn't too crowded. So that worked out really well as well. Um, and finally, we kept our venues open. We have a Tim Hortons on campus, so we kept it open. Um, students used it while they were on campus. Those who were there, faculty, staff used it. So they still felt kind of part of a community because they're all there and, and just being socially uh, distant and so on. Yeah, it was a great way to still, again, kind of start introducing the being able to tap and and bring that together. So I know that you're uh, already using the OneCard mobile app. So that really was probably a pretty good transition into this new contact experience that you have to do. Right on. We we implemented the, uh, the mobile app right away. As soon as we rolled out in August um, of 2019, the uh, OneCard VIP, we at the same time rolled out the mobile app and uh, people took to it. You know, they, yeah. they, um, they, they use it to put money on their card. Uh, we have it as part of our onboarding process for new students where they need to submit their photo for the card okay. using the mobile app. So um, the, the people have been using it to see their balances. Um, it's been, it's been well, well accepted at Redeemer for sure. Um, we're really looking forward to actually um, moving on to the 360U solution. Yes. Um, the reason for that is, and, and I'll get into a little bit of architecture talk, but um, within our um, architecture, we have what's called the presentation layer. And within that presentation layer, we really want to try to minimize the number of apps that are on people's phones. Right. And with uh, the UCrew um, portal, um, we already had a mobile app that, that went with it. Okay. So we, we said, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but we want to limit the, any, any more apps that we've got. So when we, when we look at 360U, it really fits, fits the need to sort of allow for, um, for not having a lot of apps. With, with the deep links function that's in 360U, right. with its ability to, you know, be a virtual card eventually, um, and, and do all the things that the uh, mobile app did, we're really excited just to really allow faculty or enable faculty and staff and students to have two apps on their phone that does anything they need to do on campus. That's and great. so we're very so we're very excited about that as well as uh, using order ahead on the, on on the mobile app. 
Right. I, I think a lot of people think about, you know, you definitely want to streamline your your app, but uh, at the end of the day, there's still really those kind of two sides, if you will. There's the academic side and being able to have the app to see, you know, class schedules and get in that way. But then there's the business side. And so that really is the, you know, making payments, tapping in to get access, uh, going to dining. And so I think having the two and, and knowing the function is going to be really helpful for students too. I totally agree, Heather. I totally agree. You know, and and uh, I mean, a lot of the same function is used by faculty, staff, students, and in fact, by external members like our athletics members or our library members. They use a lot of the same function as well with uh, with the mobile app. We encourage them to use it. We give them instructions on how to use it. They can put money on their card. Um, so there's a lot of commonality between a lot of the different stakeholders as well. Yeah, that's right. So it sounds like you've you've Reaching Higher is now transitioning into a new initiative of creating a contactless campus. <laughs> totally. You know, that's where, where we want to go. Um, you know, my my biggest vision, and I, and, I, and I believe campus services feels the same way, is, is, is virtual card, is where your phone is your card. Right. Uh, we're so excited about that coming out with TouchNet, where you can use your phone to get into your room, or you can use it to get laundry or a, or a, or a venue. Uh, you know, we're excited about that. Uh, we're excited about more order ahead functions that we can use. Um, for sure, we're, we're looking more and more wherever we can go contactless, touchless. Uh, that is certainly where we want to go with not only our internal members, but our community members as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Lynn. It sounds like you have a plan and I know Redeemer will continue always reaching higher. As always, really appreciate your insight. Oh, you're so very welcome, Heather. It was uh, it was just great to be here. That's great. This really helped paint the picture of how easy it is, really, to stay connected in a contactless world. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.